happen. Separated by Cosmic Cabinets, Brandon, Paul, and Logan are broadcasting the Breakdown Podcast live using their telepathic powers. My name is Brandon Miracle, broadcasting live from the Breakroom Arcade. If you look south of me in the video version, you'll see the beautiful face of Paul Anderson, broadcasting live from the Breakroom Clubhouse. To the right of me in the video version is Logan Welliver. He's I only have one monitor for my computer. Smug with his one monitor from the break room bedroom welcome to the breakdown podcast recorded live on may second. 18th this is episode 14 pokemon rumors galore on today's episode we got a lot mm. to talk about when it comes to pokemon um if you haven't heard pokemon let's go pikachu and pokemon let's go eevee have both been leaked rumored to be coming to nintendo switch in 2018 likely to be shown this month uh what do you guys think about that it's interesting um so i'm not quite as sold on this one as i am about um star fox grand prix that's the opposite of what i hear Um, from a lot of people oh really yeah they believe oh see i i don't think that because i when i when i hear about star fox grand prix it's so out of the blue yeah but one it's not I mean, Nintendo has a precedent, you know, for for putting weird games together, right? True. So whatever. Uh, And then the amount of talk within the community adds a lot of credibility to that. And then from certain sources saying, like, we've heard these things and everybody's corroborating the sources. And they're like, this makes a lot of sense. And so that's where I'm at um, with, like, Star Fox. I'm at a little... I think I'm. I think this one still makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I could see it happening. I could see it being true. Uh, so much so that I feel comfortable actually talking about it. a lot of the times. Like rumors come and they go, uh, but you know we're dedicating a portion uh, to to this podcast just to talk about this because well, you know I we mean... think that or we hope that. You know, this is this might be the case. Of it hasn't gotten shot down yet. Pokemon Company says that it does not comment on rumor or speculation. So, <laughs> and that's just that's just smart, right? So, yeah. like, because if you say you don't comment on it, whether it's true or it's wrong, you have the same reaction. Yeah. So you can't really tell based off of that if they don't comment because, like, I wouldn't do that kind of stuff. Unless I was just like, okay, say I had an album and it leaked, and I was like, there, there, there it is. Take it, it. For the but Pokemon it's a little company, bit different. It's ultimately the best games. choice for them to not comment on anything, whether it's true or not. Um, yeah, they'll they'll talk about it when they're ready. Um, yeah, and that's multifaceted too, because like one, if they don't shoot it down, people keep talking about it. Sure, and that's good press. Yeah, you it know, is. Uh, and on the other side, not not talking about it, it's like you you don't want to feed the bear. You know, no stir in the pot. No, and that's just, not to just say that they haven't happen. been stirring their own pot because uh, you know, on these various Pokemon official Pokemon Twitter accounts, they've been posting pictures that feature Pikachu and Eevee together pretty prominently, like over the last couple weeks. And it's almost like, uh, well, actually, e- even even that Lapras photo that they that leaked out, you know, however long ago that had the trainer with the Eevee on top of its head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. right after that happened, one of the official Pokemon Twitter accounts posted a picture of a Lapras plushie that I believe had an Eevee in it. Um, almost as to say, Hey, we see you and we're not going to say anything. (laughs) Honestly, like that, when that screenshot came out too, I didn't even realize there was an Eevee on the trainer's head. 
Yeah. It wasn't until I read that elsewhere that I'm like, oh, is that what's going on here? Because I, mm-hmm. I can't. It was hard to make out. Make this out. <laughs> uh, before we get a little bit further, I do want to highlight some comments in the chat right now. Uh, Nintendo no Place says, I'm getting tired of these leaks. If they're fake, then they just waste everybody's time. If they're real, then I would have rather been surprised. This crap is getting ridiculous to me. And this is a sentiment I've had for years. Um, and I don't know where you guys stand on this, but uh, it does kind of ruin the surprise a little bit. One of the worst leaks for me that's ever happened was Roy and Ryu being leaked for Super Smash Brothers days before they got announced in a Nintendo Direct that was was completely focused on that. So we got that Direct, we already knew what was coming, and mm-hmm. there was nothing new there, and it just like ruined the entire surprise of the whole thing. Um, to yeah. a slight degree, I, I do kind of find leaks like this fun. Because a, be a lot of times they're not true, but it's not, it's interesting to see what other people are like envisioning for the next titles in these franchises, and then seeing just kind of well, did they guess right? Were they close? Because you know that's a safe guess. You know, it's right. less fun when they're spoiling something that has yet to be announced. I do agree that it's better to get like an official announcement and find out that way than you know three weeks beforehand. Hey, this is happening. Yeah, I okay. I'm pretty indifferent about leaks. Uh, it's it's fun when they're true. It's also fun when they're not true because if you don't have not true ones, the true ones aren't as fun when they are true. Um, but I think I'm mostly indifferent because I I mostly, I mean I don't care how I get the information mostly sometimes it is nice to get that big like drop like there was no everybody was speculating about smash being on switch did you guys know this on switch what uh but um (laughs) everybody can speculate but there was no actual there was no actual leak or anything indicating that it was going to be revealed that moment i was so convinced that it wasn't and then that ended up being the best surprise because i just wasn't anticipating it yeah um so in that way it can ruin that like so say starfish grand prix is true okay mm-hmm. if it shows up i'm gonna be like oh finally i get to see it as opposed to did they just did they just do that you know just yeah. i thought Star Fox was dead after zero did that just happen? Uh, but if it, co- it comes up that this is true and they reveal it, then it, it's not going to hit as hard. That being said, I don't think that's going to affect uh, my long-term outlook or opinion on a, a piece of our product. That's you know, why it's, I, uh, it's... I have to disagree with you there a little bit. Okay. Um, I've Personally, I've had the thought that some of these leaks may have been intentional just by the sheer nature of the games that they are. Um, right. You look at a game like Mario Plus Rabbids, which got leaked months before that game got announced, but the general reception to that leak initially was very negative. Um, right. But over the course of you know several months, people started warming up to the idea of this game being real, and then ultimately when they finally saw the game in action, they were like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be upset about this. Right. Um, rather I than think... going there blind, seeing Mario and Rabbids in the same place and just being disgusted and not actually judging it based on its merit. Right. Okay. Okay. I think based on both these leaks, I it's not ruining the announcement for me when they if and when they get around to actually announcing these games. It's more or less just piquing my interest in these concepts 
Um, in both cases, I don't know what the Star Fox game would even look like outside of the very little bit of details we've gotten. And some of the reports are that, you know, it's a visually stunning game. So I'm just going to be excited to actually finally see what this game could even be. And Especially the same zero. thing with Pokemon. <laughs> like, they're talking about um, with this, it might have elements of the pokemon go in it and i don't know what that means and part of me is like well that's terrifying it's a little bit terrifying but i also trust that they're going to make a solid entry they're not gonna you know go too nuts with it right Um, and there there is very like tasteful ways they can go about combining those two very different games to make something even better so so i don't want to judge it until i see it Right. No, actually, I just wanna, I just wanna uh, make a point about the whole like Pokemon Go integration or whatever you, people call it. They're gonna do something with Pokemon Go. I think, I think what they meant by that is that uh, if you're on the touch screen, if you're catching a Pokemon, you swipe to throw the ball, or if you're on the TV, you do a motion with your controller to throw the ball. And I think that's as far as it goes. I think in terms of like actually like really catering to Pokemon Go, I just don't see it happening. There was someone really that mentioned uh, like up the, they brought up the, like the Pokewalker. And I can see that being a very interesting concept. You send a Pokemon to your game so yeah. to your phone and then you get you, you know, take your steps and it counts it through your phone. Uh-huh. And then you can send it back and it levels up a bit. You maybe get a chance to get some uh, items and whatnot. And so it's it, taking the game and taking your Pokemon with you and kind of getting that, like, outside integration. I think oh, Game okay. Freak is... I think Game Freak is, a, is in a position where they know how far they can take something like this. And yeah. they're not the kind of company that's going to completely 180 their million-selling franchise of 20-plus years. Right, right. They're going to make some evolutions. Hey. Um, to the series that, you know, could benefit it in the long run like they have been for the last few games. Um, So, like, elements of Pokemon Go I do not think are going to mean taking your Switch outside, having an encounter with a Pokemon, and touchscreen sliding a Pokeball at the Pokemon. Uh, We see in that that Lapras screenshot there are Pokemon organically in the world, which is something we talked about during our speculation stream, um, which didn't even occur to me, so we might actually be right on that. Um, right. That's something that I would actually just really, really enjoy being yeah. able to see. Oh, hey, there's a Pidgey here, and I gotta catch it because it's a Pidgey. Yeah. Uh, okay. Go Ooh. ahead. So now, I'm, now I'm wondering because I think Paul put put a seed in my head, and it's just like my I did I just did a one eight, right? Um, so while I kind of stick to what I just said, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some some speculation here. Do it. Okay. Pokemon Go and Let's Go Pokemon for the Switch. Okay? Uh, Assuming that it all happens, what if? Instead of ever having to sell a Pokewalker, they just integrate that functionality and that connectivity into Pokemon Go for starters, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like... Maybe maybe it's not maybe it's a really simple like integration or something like that where you can check all your Pokemon and you can manage your Pokemon uh maybe from Pokemon Bank within Pokemon Go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and then so you still got your Pokemon Go and that's still its own thing. 
But in addition to that, like you can like still check up on your other Pokemon. Uh, maybe walking here does something in game on your Switch, so your Switch oh, yeah. your Switch is still in your dock, but you got your phone. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go catch the Pokemon's Cloud out saves. here. I mean, I'd be so into that. Like honestly, that would get me back outside, just wandering around trying to find Pokemon yeah. again. Like, could you could you imagine having? I, and maybe they've been waiting to put battles in Pokemon Go. I think maybe this is this why is, maybe that's they're kind of what not. I was thinking. That's kind of what why? I was thinking. Um, if the game is going to feature these integrations, you know, we don't know like to what extent. Maybe they've refrained from putting traditional battles and training, uh, trading in Pokemon Go because they're going to have this tertiary experience as the main Pokemon yeah. experience, and they don't uh-huh. want to take away from that. Right. That's how maybe. I see it. Okay, I can see it. Um, the, yeah, one, I guess one... there's just a lot of possibilities, even outside of just like, what's the gameplay going to look like? No, one, connectivity features. And... One form of connectivity that I've seen people getting excited about and wanting is actually something that I don't want. Um, I do not want the hmm. ability to transfer Pokemon between Pokemon Go and the main game. Uh, oh, I no. just don't want that. Yeah, I think that would make it a little bit unfair. It's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like... Uh, Rogers, this was something he was getting excited about, and I'm like, I don't really think that's such a great idea because you can catch Pokemon pretty frequently and willy nilly in Pokemon Go, and I feel like that would that would skew the game balance a little bit if you could just catch Pokemon at whatever, you know, whatever rate you want. Yeah, it, it would it would make both games unbalanced. <laughs> I mean, like, if they did something else where you're still rewarded for going out and catching, you know. 20 Pidgeys and Pokemon Go and <laughs> maybe get like a special hold item for Pidgey in the other game. Right. Something yeah, that's, that's not fine. like as overt as like, hey, you can go catch 20 Pidgeys and then transfer them over and then trade them with people. And like, God, oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're arriving at a pretty, pretty safe and pretty good integration for Pokemon Go because we seem pretty excited mm-hmm. at the prospect of going out and playing Pokemon Go for rewards like this without it like interfering too much with the core experience. Yeah. yeah. What I see, I see Pokemon Go obviously as like more of a tool to be used uh, to to get more, um, just get more people together, obviously. Like, I mean, do you guys remember, like, when Pokemon Go, like, came out that How summer? How could we forget? I was in the heat of that, man. Yeah, and then just being outside and just, like, having conversations with strangers, you know, just because you guys were, like, all playing Pokemon Go. Like, that was my experience. Like, just, I, I went out, like, with my brothers and sisters at night, and they're just be, like, tons and tons of like kids running around the park and when you know when it's dark at like nine or ten and it was just the funniest thing to watch and see and it was all really good natured like I, i've yeah. never seen like a just a rush of random people running around who were also like hey like we're all in this together people screaming that there was like a squirrel down the street and kids just like stampeding down the road to find it you know um, so, I mean, that kind of experience, if, if this switch, you know, version of, of Pokemon is able to kind of like get some of that and draw into the experience in some way, while also encouraging those who are into Pokemon to maybe revisit Pokemon Go, you know, have a, have another reason Pokemon.
as well. I would say mm-hmm. that that Pokemon experience that people got with Pokemon Go was already happening with the Pokemon games on 3DS, just to a, a much, much, much smaller scale. Well, well it was yeah. very obvious when you, like, when someone's rocking around with 3DS, they, they could be playing anything. It gets very obvious when they're playing Pokemon Go, because it's like... You, you're noticing the same Pokemon same time, right. so yeah. But I mean, that's that's the real difference, though. It's like I didn't I didn't go out and see people with 3ds's, but Pokemon Go got me out of my house, and all of a sudden everybody's playing Pokemon. So uh, it, it's a little bit different, but I mean, obviously it's it, it's different here than it may be in Japan. I imagine they, you know, obviously. You see the people with 3DSs all the time or something like yeah. that, you know? And then you can meet up or just connect for a battle or something like that. So maybe in this way, everybody's got their phones. You know, if, if we're around and we're at a restaurant and people are playing Pokemon Go and there's some sort of friend integration, some sort of inner connectivity that they they implement to integrate with this pokemon switch game i mean there's a lot of possibilities and it's very exciting uh speaking of possibilities i want to spin the conversation in the direction of the chat which has been having a conversation of its own um (laughs) there is a a debate going on right now about open world game design and uh specifically how that would apply to something like metroid prime or pokemon um we talked a little bit about this in our pokemon speculation stream um Mm-hmm. where we were on board with open-world Pokemon design. Um, one of the arguments I see here from Dream Drop Sora is he's saying that um, in some cases you are sacrificing an open-world design for some of those minute and special details that you would get in smaller-level designs. And um, I can see your point. Um, Nintendo Plays is re- re- refuting that with Breath of the Wild. Um, mind you, Breath of the Wild took an incredible amount of development time with a team of over 100 people. Um, if we could dedicate that to Pokemon, that would be great. Um, on the, on the other hand, I don't, I don't think that's, that's going to happen exactly. Um, I think Pokemon would work in an open world design if that open world is scaled to be much smaller than what we experienced with Breath of the Wild. You look at a game like God of War, which is designed a lot more, um, I don't want to say constricted, but it's an open world, um, with... It has limitations. Yes. It has limitations. Yeah. Breath of the Wild has uh, pretty much no limitations. I mean, that's that's the that's the feeling of being like open world, open air. But obviously, there are restrictions that are put on you in, in a game like God of War. I feel like with Pokemon, something nice, that could work um, would be doing still kind of more on the linear side, but maybe having a couple different options for starting path. And so you can still kind of do things in whatever order you want, but there's still like a very set way that you, you know, you have this path to go here, this path to go here. After you get done with this, you have this path to go here, this path to go here. And so there's still the set path. There's, it's not, you know, go anywhere, do anything. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think... We could maybe stand to remove some of the linearity from Pokemon. I I absolutely agree. I don't think... Obviously, I think uh, a linear structure works really well for some... You know? Mm -hmm. uh, Something like Uncharted works really well with a linear structure. But that's... It sacrifices that openness... So it can tell a specific 
and really gripping story, mm -hmm. you know? And Pokemon it's also is a lot different because that's a very personal experience. So I think we right. should have a little bit of freedom to go along with that. Yeah, I think absolutely. the interesting thing with that concept would be in the original games, your difficulty was set based on what Pokemon you choose. So you go to that first gym, you're going to have the easiest oh, time yeah. with Bulbasaur. If you have that same option, like, doesn't matter which one you pick, you can go here. If you, you choose the Grass Star, you go here, you're going to have the hardest time, medium, easiest. You choose the Water type, easiest, medium, hardest. And so you can still have, like, that choice of difficulty, but it doesn't matter what Pokemon you actually want to choose. Yeah, and, and I that mean, would actually also... work really well in in the uh, the case of this game, if if because it's rumored to be a, a remake of Yellow, and I Pokemon Yellow was my very first Pokemon game, and for all of you that know, in the Kanto region, the very first gym battle is against Brock, who's his rock Pokemon. <laughs> all I had was Pikachu, and basically my starter, my forced starter, was completely useless against Brock in that gym. I had to go out well, and catch fun. a different Pokemon in order to even get through it. In this particular game, that wouldn't even change because Eevee's going to have just as difficult a time, and you're not going to have a chance to evolve it by the time yeah. you get there. So, so if we have the option to, you know, go to another gym first with that level scaling, that completely eliminates that problem. I do want to just hold on the uh, the conversation about being at Kanto again because that brings me overwhelming joy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's it's basing itself more off of yellow versus the uh, red and blue. Yeah, because they've never done that this traditionally. before. They've never remade I'm, a special edition. Like, that's the thing about the this particular rumor that really resonates with me is that I just love the concept of it. I love where it's taking place. I love that it's kind of doing what uh, Gold and Silver did, where it's taking place after the original games. And so it's not a direct remake, but it gives us a chance to go and explore these or explore this land that we haven't gotten to in 3D space before sure. in, a, in a new way. It's going to be a completely different experience than we originally had. Yeah, I think falling back on something familiar might give them a lot of freedom in other ways. Um, so I think like in a similar sense with Breath of the Wild, they kind of stripped it back to its basics, right? Mm -hmm. Um and and that allowed them to create something entirely new. And so maybe in a similar way, this is their basic. You know, let's strip it back to its basics. Even so much so, it's like, let's not even try to create an original region or something that's based off of this region or something. Let's just go back to the first region and reimagine it. You know, mm -hmm. so we got a base for what we're doing. We have a structure. We can change it in small ways when nobody's going to notice. Um, it and also makes make sense, it... like, if they're trying to pull in that Pokemon Go crowd, that game launched with the original 150, and it was yeah. catered towards people who dropped off right after, you know, Generation 1. Um, so right. this, is the, yeah. this is a pretty smart play. I remember, like, when we were talking to Roger about this, I was pretty adamant about wanting Generation 8 over something like this. Not to say that I didn't want it, it's just I think right. the first foray into Pokemon on HD hardware probably should have been a new generation, but I can understand the approach. Yeah. Right. And I have to agree with you, Paul. Um, the fact that this takes place after, like, Gold and Silver, um, my very favorite Pokemon games, um, the remakes, by the way, um, is incredibly exciting to me. I thought that, spoiler alert, 
I thought that battle with Red on the top of Mount Silver at the end of Heart Gold and Soul Silver in the original games as well um, was one of the most like incredible things ever because it's Generation Two of Pokemon and you finish the yeah. game by battling the trainer you were in the first generation um, who used Pokemon much like the ones you probably would have had. <laughs> Uh, so if we get the opportunity to do something like that again, follow up with Red and Blue, see where they're at right now, um, that's just really exciting to me, just from well, a I mean, story you remember, perspective. You remember in, uh, Sun and Moon when they first announced that Red and Blue would be there? Oh yeah, I flipped like, out. go back and battle them? <laughs> like, it's just as exciting still, like, they can still play that card and it's just as interesting. One thing that I do want them to go back and actually integrate this time, um, in the original games, the original ending was supposed to be that you battle Professor Oak. Yeah. I'd really like to do that. That sounds really hype. Oh, this is a great just, opportunity whatever, to bring that back. And it's whatever starter doesn't get chosen. Like, that was the coolest concept, and I can't believe it didn't make it into the final game. Like, I that would, breaks I, my heart. I'm, You know what? Now I'm convinced that that's going to happen this time. Um, <laughs> Red know, and blue are just... Uh, distraction in this in the spirit of cut content there's actually a few things that have come to light recently that i don't know if you guys have heard about um, probably not It'd a be. few weeks ago i don't even know who did the interview but it was discovered in that interview that pikachu originally had a evolution beyond raichu called gorochu or gorochu um, right and that was cut for whatever reason um and mm. run with me on this so we got Pokemon Pikachu and Pokemon Eevee. So I think this is a good opportunity to bring in that new evolution for Pikachu to give players a new way to experience that evolution line and that Pokemon. But also, and uh, this is something I talked about on the Nintendo Dads podcast that I've been thinking about, is uh, you could also do that for Eevee by giving Eevee a normal type evolution. A Eeveelution, if you would. And uh, the, na the name they came up with was Eeveon. And I was like, yep, that's probably it. <laughs> but on top of that... There's a manga coming out about the, the one of the creators of Pokemon, I believe. Uh, mm. Satoshi Tajiri, I believe, is his name. And on the, one of the first pages, there's design documents for the original 151, including, like, three or four Pokemon that were cut from the game. And their designs are just in oh. there for you to see, just plain as day. So this is also an opportunity for them to introduce even some of that cut content. Um, I don't necessarily want to see a brand new generation of Pokemon, you know, added to the Pokedex. But this is a cool way to kind of expand that without, you know, overdoing it. Well, it's Gen 1 again, but a little bit fresher because it's just teensy, or teensy bit of things that you just never experienced before that were originally supposed to be there but weren't. Yeah. Oh, it makes me so excited. And, you know, <laughs> this is purely speculative. Um, but uh, before we continue, we should probably go down the list of the things that we supposedly know. Um, so I'm gonna go down the line. This is a 4chan leak, so you know, don't believe it, believe it, whatever. It's super credible. Yellow remix for Switch was the first thing we've talked a little bit about. That two versions, Pikachu and Eevee. Red and blue play a role in the story. You and your rival are new trainers. Um, following Pokemon Return from Pokemon Yellow as well as Heart Gold Soul Silver. I'm very excited about that. It's such a small thing, but it means a whole lot to see your Pokemon there beside you, walking in the real world. Oh, the real world. Um, well, I mean, it, it makes sense in this particular game if Pokemon are just on the hub board. If your Pokemon isn't beside you and there's other Pokemon just running about, like that's just that's gonna make me upset. I have to take a moment to note Dream Drop Sora's comment. Um, 
He says, I find it hilarious that the manga is supposed to be a series teaching school children about historical figures and that this is the first issue of the manga. It's about Pokemon. That's kind of amazing. That's how <laughs> much is. of an impact Pokemon's had on just on global culture. Like, it's it's risen to a scale that is unbelievable. Um, going a little deeper, HMs are still replaced with the Pokeride system from Alola. Yes, let's keep that. HMs are dumb. Yes. One of the most interesting aspects of this leak for me specifically is that the online has a hub for players. I'm going to assume that this is just a place that, uh, you know, 50 or 60 trainers can all hang out in the same room and initiate battles and trades with each other. But, but also what form does it take? I, I, I imagine, didn't Sun and Moon have like that Pokemon festival thing? Uh-huh. And that's how you played with other people. I imagine something like that where you see the other trainers but it's more active where you actually see them moving and all that stuff. Something similar to the hub system from uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, maybe without the way that you initiate battles because you have to run to different rooms to duel and all that stuff. I just imagine you being like in a town. You can walk up to another trainer and you could you know, ask them for a battle so... and they could accept it and whatnot. That's what I see in my head. I don't know if you guys have a different um, imagination than I do. I like that idea pretty much as oh, is. Well, I'm flattered. <laughs> I mean, is that something you want for Pokemon? Is that something? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm really Wait, not. I'm, I don't, I don't know I what I want from Pokemon, right? So, like, the online, obviously, I like the idea of online, but I've never once played one of these Pokemon games online. I, I maybe it. once or twice, but, but fighting I'm, with friends and I'm like, I just, I'm not so into Pokemon that I'm going to spend all my time uh, getting all my Pokemons together and building a really good team and then going online. Like I build a good team so I can beat the final boss and then I stop playing the game. <laughs> I mean, like I have a, yeah. And but it's there's not a like very I have active a online community that they have right, to cater to. Right. Well, that's what. But what I what I'm saying is that's why I don't know mm-hmm. because it's just it's not something I you're like, part of. Right. I want I want core changes in the mechanics and the presentation and what I'm how I'm interacting with the game. That's that's what I care about. Where I imagine that a lot of people they just care about building up their Pokemon team and dueling with their friends which is awesome too you know but that's mm. always been there i know? think if they make it a little bit easier to for people to approach it because offhand like i just i've never wanted to do online battles mm. so if they could find a way to make it so that you know it's one easy to do and two just a little bit more enticing you know i'd, I'd probably get behind it a lot quicker i am right. i'm gonna have to kind of bounce off a of dream drop sora again um, he brought up the system that was in X and Y, and uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but in X and Y, your entire friends list was on your bottom screen at all times. You could mm-hmm. tap on their face and initiate a battle just like that. You didn't have to go to a special room. You didn't have to go to a special menu. You just tap on their face. You send them an invite. They accept, and you're battling just like that. See, that That's makes a lot of thinking. sense. Like you want, you want as little roadblocks as possible to that core feature. So if you just make it easy, it's like I'm playing Pokemon and I'm playing the single player game. 
Oh, but my buddy's online. I'm totally going to whoop his butt. And then you hit his face and then you whoop his butt, right? <laughs> and that's the kind of thing you want. You know, you don't want to have to go through a bunch of extra menus or presentations. You I mean, just want to, it's a work. Of all the online features, the only one I've ever really participated in actively was just online trading because it was easy. Yeah. Battling in a lot of the games was a lot, was pretty counterintuitive to get to. And yeah. so if they streamline that the way they've done kind of trading, I can get behind it. It's weird because I feel like they took a step back in Sun and Moon. Because then again, you had to go to a special place, um, then meet up with the person in the game and initiate a battle. I don't know why they backpedaled because X and Y just did it exactly the way it needed to be done. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're losing that second screen on Nintendo Switch, so I can kind of understand the need for something like this. Um, and maybe the hub could have more features than just battling and trading. You know, there's been many mm-hmm. games in Pokemon's past. There's been um, multiple types of battling. Like in Sun and Moon, they introduced the four-player battle royale. Um, I imagine that will probably come back, maybe in a new way. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Yeah, think, instead I don't... of four players, it's a hundred players. Oh, they all a hundred players and their Pokemon are all dropped on an island. Um, That's the quickest way to get a hundred <laughs> switches to burst. Don't in the forget, it's all like turn-based. It's all turn-based combat. So you're like you run into somebody and then you enter battle. Uh, Dream Drop Sore is asking us a question. Uh, before I move on, Nintendo Slow, uh, Nintendo Snow plays. I also agrees with you, Logan, that uh, they never cared about the online in Pokemon and they kind of stick to the campaigns. And obviously, that's a perfectly way, a perfectly good way to, ins- you know, to enjoy those games. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a there's a lot more to it than that. And you know, they they have those yearly regional and worldwide tournaments. Um, and the Pokemon Company is very invested in their their leagues. Um, they they cater their competitive computer community a whole lot. I almost said community. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you did. Dream Drop Sora asks, would you guys want battle commentary back? Something in the way of Pokemon Coliseum. I'm glad you said that because I talked yes. about that a whole lot in the speculation I, stream. Yeah. <laughs> so I think just in general, I want voice acting. Oh, please. Like, it doesn't have to be for everything. Uh, maybe the cutscenes. Uh, please, the cutscenes. Uh, and maybe a few other embellishments uh, here or there, like uh, battle announcements, would be really a really cool addition to voice acting. Ride that um, surf. That was always one of but my But like, favorites. obviously, <laughs> the, the the Pokemon series has a rich history of voice acting, just not in the games, you know. Uh, and I, you know the the pool of voice actors. That oh you could God. just throw into this game just because they've already been involved before. Ryan wants Christopher Savage. No, no, no! You just gave me a great <laughs> idea. So, like, you want the original voice actor for Ash to play Red? No, that's not what I want. Um, it is now. I want the character customization <laughs> to come back. You were close, Paul, but you're way off. Um, I want the character <laughs> customization to come back, like from X and Y. But you need to be able to choose the voice for your character, and one of them should be Veronica Taylor, the original voice of Ash Ketchum, because that's what like ninety-five percent of the gaming population will use. It'd be interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting to at least like if you had a fully voiced protagonist. Oh uh, yeah, because they're be, always silent. Yeah. Uh, it would I mean, be fascinating to see um, two different versions of the voices, and also a lot of work, uh, because then you'd have to put it for the girl and for the guy. They could have like mostly the same lines, though, but it'd still be, you know, another 
a lot of extra work. The thing with the commentary, though, is that it would add so much richness to the battles, which, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of tune out battles and just autopilot what moves you're going to use, where it kind of, this is something that would draw you back in. And I think just a very little thing, but hearing your trainer shout, use surf, is such a little thing that would add so much richness to this world. Yeah, even just, like, having the announcer, like, call your moves and call the action, like, in Pokemon Stadium, which was, like, really forward-thinking for an old, old Nintendo 64 game, (laughs) um, that would add so much. And one of the things I think we're overlooking is the fact that Nintendo, all these games up till now are on, you know, handheld and on small cartridges and small, you know, small media. Now they're going to be on at least an 8-gigabyte cartridge for Nintendo Switch um, and an HD with the possibility of a 64 gigabyte cart as early as next year. So even if we don't see like fully 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 voiced characters in this game, there's a huge chance we could see it for the next game. Absolutely. I mean, I don't anticipate this game will be too terribly large, but I mean even even then like a 32 gigabyte card for like any almost any Nintendo Switch game. I mean, some of those ones that are really contentful will be pretty thick, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Nintendo. If they use a 32-gigabyte cart, what are they going to do with the other, like, 30 gigs? <laughs> I, we're limited to 8 gigs now, I think. Hmm. What are they going to do with the other 6 gigs? <laughs> are you talking about their well, compression they're... formats that are, like, nah. magic? Insane, yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing that uh, I do want to bring up, unless there's some other things that you guys haven't talked about, before we move on, um, that I want to bring us back to that leak screenshot we saw. We pretty much covered everything that the leak brought up, except for the fact that there's going to be a Pokemon Go accessory. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think we have to speculate much on that. We already talked about Pokewalker. Yeah. Um, dialing it back to the screenshot of the Lapras. Um, apparently that's a route on Cinnabar Island, so that lends more credence to the fact that it's, you know, Kanto, assuming that we, we believe this is real. Um, spoiler alert, at the end of Sun and Moon, particular characters go to the Kanto region after the game is over. Um, so they could have already been alluding to this, like, you know, years ago when the game's launched. But the thing that stuck out to me most with that screenshot was the way it looked. And you know how it looked to me? It looked like Pokemon like, Sun and Moon. In that, HD? Not even in HD because it was so blurry, but basically <laughs> that's what it looked like. And that really kind of disappointed me, to be completely honest. See, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. If you look at, at I've seen like an HD remake of Sun and Moon, and like if you convert that game into HD, it looks pretty stellar. Like, I, it's I agree not with that. The greatest in the world it's not like really updating the visual style to take advantage of this hardware or anything but it's it's the fact that it's not changing that bothers me um like up until now like you know with the 2d games every 2d pokemon game there was a, there was a you know, decent change in in visual style for those games um once mm-hmm. we got to 3d there was a big jump between even x and y and sun and moon so to see you know very little change between sun and moon and whatever this game is that would be a little disappointing to me. And I'm not even talking about, like, visual fidelity. Just from just from an art standpoint. Like, if it's too samey, right. it's going to feel samey to me when I play the game. 
Yeah. Um, New Super Mario Brothers suffers from that greatly because all four of those games look exactly the same. Right. So that's more or less the direction I'm coming from and the fact that there doesn't seem to be any kind of lighting engine going on. If you at least gave me the lighting engine, I could forgive everything else. That would make it look really different. Right. See, and and that's why I... I, while I believe, or I'm inclined to this leak, I think that this screenshot is, like, bunk. I don't necessarily agree with that. I would say that, if anything, like, at its very best, this was very early on in development. Well, that's True. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I don't think this is going to be an accurate representation of the game. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking also, let's say this is in the game um you know what kind of view are we getting on the ground first person so like here one one additional leak that mentioned like a third person perspective like behind the shoulder but that screenshot Uh still looks kind of isometric top down well okay well hear me out (laughs) i'm trying to explain this what happened okay is if we're on the water on this Lapras, they're not going to use the same camera, you know? Yeah. So you get this, like, you know, overhead kind of view of what's happening, and that's what you're seeing right there. Uh, but it could look much different when you are on the ground or on your bike or whatever else you ride in this game. Mm-hmm. That's know? true. Um, but one of the other tip-offs for me was, like, you see some some rocks and maybe some island shapes in the background, um, and they're, they're, like, really geometric and blocky looking. Right. And uh, that makes me feel like we'll be operating not so much on a grid, but something similar to Sun and Moon, where it's, it was still very, like, constricted in the way we moved. Right. Well, um, maybe in certain places, uh, and maybe it isn't much different in that regard um but in terms of the visuals maybe they're dedicating not to the actual world uh maybe <laughs> the amount of things that are on screen at certain points if they're putting all of their time and effort into um new gameplay ideas into things like that from a technical standpoint then then i can forgive it it's just like right. we're making the jump to hd hardware and i want to know why that was important yeah, I mean, I mean the real got... question. What's the real that? question with this is, what do you think iJam would give that water? Oh um, there's too much of it in the one <laughs> screenshot we got. Oh, there goes Logan. <laughs> that's our that's our show. There goes Logan. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I think this is a this is at least like a six water. <laughs> oh my God, you're still on this. Um, <laughs> Anything else that we should mention for Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee before we move on? Uh, I hope that if it's true, that it's a good game. And so I gotta say. According to the rumors, we'll find out before the end of the month. So oh, let's find the end of the month. out. <laughs> oh, there go. Oh, Logan's completely gone now. Uh, for those of you guys in the chat, if you haven't heard the Pokemon speculation stream... Um, that is still up on our channel. If you want to hear more about what we think about Pokemon on Switch before the leaks, definitely go there. Uh, Dream Drop Saurus. 7. Too yeah. much Pokemon. 6.7 out of 10. Too much Pokemon. 
Um, there's like 150 of them! Just, I just, <laughs> all straight! And there's more to see to be a Pokemon master. That's your destiny. Anyway, uh, we're moving on to the breakdown segment of the show, where we talk about our movies, TV, anime, and games that we've been enjoying over the week. Um, to kick things off, I watched The Karate Kid a few days ago, because I love nice. that Jaden Smith? No. Oh, I love Jaden Smith, too. Yeah. He's the best Karate Kid. No. Paul, I'm ejecting you from the group. Hold on. <laughs> Okay, I'd probably right. deserve that. Remove from group. No, okay. Um, yeah. Unmod I, him. I think that's just one of my comfort movies. Like, when I need something that's to, to help unstress me, that's a, a good movie. It's very encouraging. Um, and I have an obsession with, like, martial arts training and just training in general. So, like, the training se- sequences in Dragon Ball, the training sequences in Naruto, they're they're, like, perfect for me and some of the most memorable things to me. Um, How many times a week do you go outside and wax your car? Uh, well, you have to wax all of the cars, and you have to do it in circular motions. So On and off, yeah. Yeah, you're pretty much never done. Wax on and wax off. Um, I could do it in five minutes. One of the reasons I wanted to rewatch this movie is because there is currently a series on YouTube Red called Cobra Kai, which is a sequel to the original Karate Kid film featuring the actors from the original movie. Um, it's so brilliant. Basically, the villain from the original movie, I think his name was Jonathan, who was a Cobra Kai Karate Club member, is now reopening the club again. Um, but I believe like he's training a bullied kid. I haven't started watching it yet. But it's like almost like a role reversal. But he's teaching the club the way he was originally taught, which, as you know, was a, was a big contention point in the movie. Um, so I'm excited if to go w- back and watch that. See, the thing is, it's not role reversal, because I watched How I Met Your Mother, and I know that he was actually the hero of the series. Of the Karate Kid? Yep. It's a very tragic tale. <laughs> I guess in a roundabout way, you could probably arrive at that. Um, so yeah, that was fun for me. I'm probably going to watch Cobra Kai after I get through the original trilogy. I might watch the next Karate Kid, too. Um, on top of that, I watched Deadpool 2 last night. Um, no spoilers. There's actually a spoiler I want to talk about. Have I'm you not guys seen it till tomorrow, man? You guys have seen Logan, right? I have. Yeah. Um, it spoils the ending of the movie in the intro of the film. Okay. I can Wait, live with it that. It spoils the ending of Logan in the. Yep, and it rubs it in your face. Guess who hasn't well, they... seen Logan? Are you, are, you, are you serious? Yep, the movie spoiled the to ending be, of Logan. Wait, to be fair, I, I want to know fair. how that's framed. But that, that again, I'll just. Well, have you seen the trailer where they say from the uh, from the studio that killed Wolverine? It's on their poster too. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I knew that was a thing. This, this for, is a knock a at the time. Infinity War spoiler it, thing. It doesn't really surprise me, but I will say that, like, I had Logan spoiled for me months before i saw it see the thing is like like, i assumed the ending of the movie it's really not all that surprising Um, right but it still kind of takes away some of the wind from the film to me right when i got spoiled it was like the most casual spoil of all time and so it really like ruined that whole movie for me it's a beautiful movie but i couldn't like connect with it the way everyone else could because they didn't know that going in yeah yeah, it uh, it kind of dampered my whole thing on it. I was actually going to watch the original X-Men movies and then watch Logan so I could have that full experience. 
And well, now just I can't do that. I was literally well, at Walmart with Michaela should. like a few days ago looking at Blu-rays, and I was like, hey, look, all the X-Men movies. This is my opportunity. Yo, yo, if, if you know the characters... But I don't. X-Men. <laughs> oh, okay. You need to, you just say, need to sit down uh, and watch them, because they are... They're movies. Well, yeah, I, so, I've heard I mean, that much. They're movies. <laughs> they're enjoyable. They're, they're fun films. They're there's not, a lot of them that are really solid. Yeah. There are other ones that are fantastic. And then once you get to Logan, Logan's a fantastic film. That's, That's why I wanted really to like build myself film. up to that. It's um, kind of like playing also, Uncharted one before playing the other three. Right. I I watched Logan in black and white the first time. I watched right? it in color. So like I've never seen if it. you got if you get the like the deluxe edition or whatever, Logan. it comes with like a black and white film. I was like, I'm just gonna watch that. And it it fit really well. It fit really well. Anyway, you saw Deadpool. <laughs> I'm glad your dad enjoyed it in Intense Snow because I thought it was pretty great myself. Um, Deadpool 2 is a better movie than Deadpool 1. Oh, good. I will say good. that with well, confidence. That's all I need to know. I will admit, I've seen Deadpool twice, and the second time, I just didn't enjoy myself. Oh, no. I don't know. I just feel like I probably saw it too close to the first time I saw it, so the jokes didn't land as much for me, because I, I don't know. Right. Um, I was laughing a lot during the second also, movie. Also, the development of that movie, it wasn't exactly clean. It was. I, I felt like, in a way, it was. it was very rushed. Uh, because they saw that it was rushed and it wasn't right. So like <laughs> it it been for years. Apparently, I yeah, saw Logan then... in Invisible. <laughs> um, I'm watching so, Logan right now. So what they were able to accomplish with the budget that they had and what they were working with, and they had to cut a lot out of that movie as well. There's a lot that yeah, they yeah, just yeah. couldn't accomplish, which made it a more focused experience. You and know? they make fun of it a couple fit. times in the movie, too, which is great. Right. Um, so I'm glad that this movie got the budget it deserved, and I hope it showed. Yeah, so. I vastly prefer this to the first movie. Um, I'll have to go back and watch the first movie again and see like how it compares for me. Um, I was actually going to do that tonight. You should. I pretty much remembered everything from the first movie, which doesn't happen a lot for me. Um, maybe that's why I didn't enjoy it as much, because I remembered it too much. Um, yeah, it's it's really good. I can't talk too much about it without giving anything away, so I'm going to let you guys see it. But uh, when you guys see it, I'm assuming you'll have seen it before next week's show. Uh, if my movie pass comes in. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Just go pain and see it. So I got three free movie pass trials to give to friends, and I gave one to Logan. So, not a sponsor. Not, not a sponsor. sponsor. But if you yeah. want to, I mean, you know, just call me. Um, Can they sponsor us a free movie pass? Yeah, I, I, I loved Deadpool too. Really, really did love it. Um, moving on. Right before the show started, I watched the first episode of Thirteen Reasons Why episode or episode two, season two. Um, and I can't tell you how much I want to go back downstairs and keep watching it right now. But here we have a show to do. Um, Logan, you haven't seen season one, right? Of what? I wasn't listening. 13 Sorry. Reasons Why. <laughs> You're part of what? the podcast. Open your ears. I know. I was not, I was focusing on another part of the podcast. 13 it's Reasons Why. Reasons oh, no, why? I haven't. No, haven't seen it. It's now 26 Reasons Why. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm I, waiting for you to get through all of it before I decide how quickly I want to get around to binging it. Because <laughs> I'm still not entirely sold on the concept of there being another season. Well, there are, I love the direction it's taking after watching one episode. So That's promising. Yeah. Uh, I was unsure myself because, it, as as it was, it's one novel, and the entire novel is covered in the first season. Um, but the author is on board with season two and oh, is involved, okay. See, if that I'm not makes, mistaken. That makes all the difference. Yeah. Makes all the difference. Because then it's like, oh, you're wondering if it's, like, canon material, you know? <laughs> um one of the things that this season is doing better than the first season is it's uh, opening its episodes with a, like, 45-second, hey, um, we talk about some really dark stuff in this series. If you're having some issues and you need some help, here are the ways you can get some help. Because um, there was some pretty big – well, I guess it wasn't big, but there was some, like, controversy. Social, social media controversy about the first season. There was season. some backlash, yeah. Um, I think that's all died over. I haven't heard anything about season two and the trailer's been out for like two weeks now, um, so I don't. Well, think I've people... heard one person complain about it. I've heard no. <laughs> I think it was that. that they've they probably just like read an article saying why the first season was bad and assume that's going to be <laughs> the same thing over again. I don't want to get too deep. Which is in... fair, but I don't want to get too deep into the controversy. But like, I feel like a lot of the people who complained didn't watch it. Um, but depending on your state of mind and you know the experiences you've had, you might receive the series a lot differently than someone like me who has dealt with the same or similar issues to the characters in this in the show um there's lots of perspectives you can take on this just i i would say watch it at your own risk but keep an open mind um so yeah i'm i'm excited with what season two is doing and uh, i look forward to watching the rest of that over the next couple days and that's what i watched this week right on who's next I can go. Go for it. So this week, after very much resistance, I finally sat down and started Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There was one clip in all of that, like, frenzy to try and get it uncanceled that just got me. And so it, it piqued my interest enough to sit down and start watching it. And it lasted, it. like, what, one day? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, they they really turned it around pretty fast and I, I see why now that i'm starting to watch it because it's a really like fun and enjoyable show it's a funny show honestly i have to I admit i'd never heard of it before like it got canceled <laughs> yeah i'd I, seen the first episode of it before i i'd seen like a handful of episodes so i know what the show was and then the fact that it was getting canceled i was like that doesn't seem right <laughs> i'm still waiting it's like i'm, I'm assuming the I'm assuming the clip that I saw that got me to watch is going to be the peak of the show, but I don't know yet. I'm 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 waiting. Oh, that kind of suck, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, it was a pretty high peak, so that's how they handle movie trailers. If, if it's building up, if it's building up to that, you know, it, it's at a good place already. Like, it, I'm definitely enjoying it. Okay. If you haven't checked it out, Brandon, <laughs> it, I it's can't a nice keep like, up with all this stuff, man. I try. So I just kind of stuff. like fell into it and I've just been like mindlessly watching it because it's a it's an easy show like talking about like comfort shows mm-hmm. like this is a good one it's something that just kind of made me put me at ease it's something very lighthearted and just fun and so I enjoy it okay what else you got so I sat down and continuing my Marvel marathon I watched Guardians of the Galaxy again that was it quite a different uh, lineup you got here Paul. yeah 
Well, I was trying not to like sit. I'm getting to the movies that I'm a lot more familiar with with Marvel, so it's not as interesting. Like Guardians is still one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time, and watching again, you know, I still have that same appreciation for it. But I didn't want to watch like 20 different Marvel movies in such a short span of time. No, I understand that. I definitely need my change of pace, and so I kind of switch gears a bit, but gosh, Guardians is such a good movie. <laughs> they balance the characters so well, and they all have so much personality. <sighs> we get Guardians, the Guardians. Guardians 3 next year, right? Yep, I think so. Just pushing them out there. And then the last movie was, it came as a recommendation, Heather's. Yeah, Heather. it's it takes it, it's from oh, the eighties. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was one, I wanted to watch this. You should. <laughs> I went into it not knowing what to expect, and I can honestly say that it wasn't anything that I could have possibly anticipated. In a good or so a bad have, way. In a great way. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you have a clique called the Heathers. There's three girls all named Heather. They're you know, all friends. They have another girl in their clique who's named Veronica. <laughs> Ooh, Veronica. And it's, um, what's the actress name from um, <laughs> Stranger Things and Beetlejuice? We own uh, in, uh, some writer. Oh, Winona? Winona? Yeah. Winona? Winona? I think it's so Winona she plays Ryder. Veronica. Yeah. And so she, she gets a boyfriend and, you know, he's a rebel without a cause. I think his last name's even Dean, so, you know, just perfect, spot on. <laughs> and you can tell that they don't necessarily like the people they're hanging out with. There's a lot of people in their school that they don't like. One of them being the leader of the uh, the Veronica, not the Veronica's, the Heathers. And so it very quickly in the movie, um, they accidentally kill heather the leader of the heathers and then they write it they fit they forge a suicide note <laughs> oh god and so like it just keeps spiraling out of control from there and for whatever reason i thought it was just gonna be like a very normal like high school romance thing and then that crap starts happening <laughs> and it just gets progressively more ridiculous as it goes and so i, I absolutely enjoyed myself watching it Where'd you watch this at? Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Hulu. Okay. Now we're talking. Yeah, I'm so if you have some free time, like, please, time. by all means, stop and watch that. Never a bad time you know, for a musical. I don't think you'd regret it. Um. So with that, Logan, did you actually watch anything, or should we move on? No, I watched a few things. Uh, yeah, you did. Week. Honestly, I, I won't go on uh, about it, but okay. I mean, there it's was mostly... nothing in your list, man. Well, I know, I know. It's because I'm bad at documenting this, right? Um, I just kind of watched a few things that, you know, I watch about every week. Bob's Burgers is still going on, and it's as good as ever. Uh, so I still can't recommend. Recommend. recommend I can't recommend it enough. enough. Um, and I think the rest of the stuff I've been watching a lot of this week. So I oh, think in terms go. of regular TV, see, like uh, some, let's have you some launch weeks. the anime segment then. Oh, okay. Well, as, um, actually, well, mm. before I do talk about anime, um, 
I uh, no, I think I talked about that last week. Yeah, I talked about that last week. Uh, so I'll just go on to anime. You yeah, talked about it last week. I I'm pretty sure I talked about Bravest Warriors last week. You did. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. Um. So a few samples, right? So we had um. We had my hero from this week, right? So we had the latest yep. episode, uh, and that was just. It was good. <laughs> I don't know. If was, yeah, right. It's just chugging along. That's um, how bad but, I am at catching up. It took me until last night to watch it. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, just kind of, it's, it's going. It's going. It's what we expect. It's good. You should watch it if you're not watching My Hero Academia at this point. I don't know what you're doing. You know? Um, other than that, there was a, a few other shows, uh, two other shows in particular that I had an experience with. Uh, one I started maybe a week or two ago, and I can only watch maybe an episode or two at a time. Um, and sometimes I'm like, I don't think I can handle it right now, even though I really enjoy it. Uh, and that's Pop Team Epic. <laughs> That show is just on another level. Um, if I understand it correctly, it's based on like a comic. Yeah, it's similar to Nichi Joe, which I believe is also based on like a four-panel comic strip. Yeah. Mm. So it, I don't know what they were smoking when they brought this out because I can imagine the comic could be pretty funny, but with this kind of thing, it's just it's so chaotic <laughs> it's so it's so mesmerizing at the same point you know can i ask you um, a question yeah there i believe there's a dub for that what what are you watching are you watching the sub or the dub i'm watching the dub i imagine okay. they're very different experiences i wouldn't be surprised. Uh, probably probably i i really like uh the dub it threw me for a loop because essentially each episode is the episode twice but voiced by different people. Yes, and I think the, all the a lot of the lines books are different too. Yeah, that's what Josiah was saying when we had him on the show, like a million years ago. Yeah, so that kind of threw me like, why am I watching this? So if you don't like watching almost the same thing twice, it might not be for you. <laughs> the fact that but this it's not is the thing. same thing twice. Yeah, that, I, they were like, okay, we're gonna produce an eleven minute episode and then just gonna redub it <laughs> and then that's our 22 minutes um it's almost like maybe ghost they... stories except that entire show is a parody of itself right i kind of so, dig that though it's so chaotic and it's so short and it moves along so quickly it doesn't feel very long uh so maybe they want it to it to feel longer i'm not sure uh pop team epic pretty pretty nuts pretty weird if you're into that kind of thing um, I definitely recommend it because I'm very keep Japanese. Going with it. I think is the very mindset Jap- you should have. Very Japanese, um, <laughs> but that could also mean different things. For example, uh, I started watching Yu Yu Hakusho. Yes. Right, so I am uh, oh. I'm on the fifth episode. I think I might have finished the fifth episode at work, though I'm not sure because at the end of work I was falling asleep in my chair. So. Um, I might like you show a whole lot, Logan. I'm going to correct your spelling error for that. In the you 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 show nobody's going to see it. I did. 
Um, so I'll tell you this. Just talking about the first episode, right? I was immediately gripped. I was like, I had really no idea what this was going to turn out like. I knew people I know fans of it, uh, but I personally didn't really know a ton about it. Uh, I remember uh, I, our, our friend Kine was uh, talking about Yu Yu Hakusho at, at one point and was yeah. Me and him had a lot uh, of conversations about it. Yeah, you guys, you seem like pretty big fans. So immediately, once I started watching that, I started thinking of him, and I was like, I should talk to him about Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, but the first episode starts with the main character, who is to be unnamed because I can't remember. Oh, Yasuke. Yusuke, you're a Yusuke. I was almost there. Yusuke, Yasuke. I was like one letter off. Sasuke! Um, Yusuke. And he was an alive boy, and then he was a dead boy. And he dies right at the beginning of Died the episode. Boy. And then the whole first episode is them telling and explaining his life. Hey, you're dead. And Congrats. The, the day that that happened, you know, what what happened in the day that led up to that point? How was he treated? How did he treat other people? Um and then how exactly did he get mixed up in the situation uh, which resulted in his death and then subsequently um that his death was meaningless freaking the grim reaper right uh what was her Botan. Botan. can never keep these names straight <laughs> i'm not a true weeb um but then she was like okay we totally didn't expect you to die like we were kind of like crap like that happened and uh we i think we don't even have a place ready for you so i don't if you want your life back you gotta jump through some hoops uh but you can do it you you haka show is that unlike a lot of the other shonen anime your hero is not he's not the traditional good guy he's a street punk who got forced into the hero position and so he has a very interesting spin because you just don't know what to expect with him. Right. But He's I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, even though, yeah, he's, he's a street punk. He's been mistreated and he's, he's hardened, but he's not gone. Uh, and obviously when he shows, um, so how he dies Spoiler alert! Uh, first episode. How he dies is he gets hit by a car while he is pushing a child out of the way, right? Uh, so he dies instead of the child, which actually he doesn't die instead of the child. Uh, I'll just let you figure that out if you watch the that show. Twist. I know, it's like, oh, <laughs> so funny. Um, okay, I'm just spoil it now. Turns out that if he did nothing, the child still would have lived and probably would have been He would have had off. one less scrape on his elbow. One less scrape. So he's like, your sacrifice was useless. <laughs> you did a good thing, but you didn't need to because it would have turned out better if you just didn't. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I'm 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 gonna keep watching it. So stay tuned for Logan's Yu Yu Hakusho. Logan, I think we've been learning over the past couple weeks is is that you're in fact a shonen anime fan, and you just never knew it. 
I guess so. I don't even know. Like, this doesn't seem like a shonen to me. Other Watch than the Food fact Wars. That, like, oh, wait, they're fighting. But it doesn't seem like the focus. So I was like, it changes. It's, it's, it's still a shonen. Right, right. No, I dig it. I dig. I mean, I'm such a fan <laughs> of Dragon Ball and the character of Goku. And just like, I'm going to go do it. And I, I'm not strong enough yet, but I'm going to do it anyway. My and name is Goku strong and I'm going to do the thing. And that resonates with me. That that resonates with me. It's like here's this impossible task, and guess what? You can do it. Well, the thing I like about you, I want to do that impossible thing. There's so many impossible things that I'd like to do in this lifetime that I'm going to do in this lifetime. So <laughs> guess what? I am the star of my own shonen anime. Dream Drop Sora. I've learned over the past few weeks that Logan is a massive weeaboo. <laughs> Not a weeaboo. <laughs> The thing I love about Yu Yu Hakusho, like, it, it's that same formula, but you have a protagonist that honestly would much rather not be there. Like, he's one of the easiest shonen protagonists to identify with because he's he just, he's relatable. He's a human. He, he doesn't want to really put himself in that danger, but he has to. And he's the only one that can, you know, combat that has a chance in these impossible odds but yeah i've been yu hawk shows one of those like first anime for me and i i remember bits and pieces of it and at several different points in my life i got a few more bits and pieces it wasn't until i was in high school that i was able to actually sit down and watch the whole series from beginning to end and i really respect this series so much like, it might not be, like, the best anime of all time, but in my heart, it's up there with, like, Dragon Ball, Clanid, uh, My Hero, Naruto. You know, I remember watching a little bit of it as a kid and not being able to get into it so much because it was less accessible to me, mm-hmm. in a way, because it was dealing with things that were outside my, I don't know, my my mental capacity at that age. Um, and as a result of that, I never ended up returning to it. Um, I think it, like, as I watched at different stages in my life, it got easier. Well, I assume it would be for me now. Obviously, I've probably watched things that are much darker in nature. Um, so yeah, it's something that I'll probably get to. And I say probably because I can never put a stamp on these things. Otherwise I'll disappoint people. It's okay, you've been disappointing me for not watching it for years, so. <laughs> um, You're just one big disappointment to me. <laughs> I'll blow through my anime pretty quickly. I watched My Hero Academia. All three of us did that. Um, what? The only thing I watched that you guys didn't was Boruto, which is still in the movie arc. And uh, is it still good? Yeah. We're getting closer to the end. Um, we're in the... We're in the like the final act of the movie right now, but in in the series. Um, so we're getting closer to the ending. Getting closer. Which in reality probably, is the closer to the beginning to me. <laughs> that's that's probably where I will actually start Boruto, is when we're finally past the movie, and I know that like by the time I catch up, it'll be new stuff. Definitely like watch it from the beginning, because there's some valuable stuff in there. I, I will. Think. Um, I mean, is there anything there that I can skip? There's not anything in there that I would skip necessarily. I mean, okay. everything feels like a filler, and then you realize that maybe it wasn't. Has a purpose. <laughs> I, I feel you. Yeah. Um, 
Fill her with purpose. Oh, yes, Nintendo plays. We are on all your favorite podcast sources except for Spotify because they don't like us. Yet. They don't like us. Yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's all the anime I did this week. What do you got, Paul? Well, My Hero Academia. Uh, Persona 5, the animation. Um, we're getting animation. into the next... We're getting into the second palace, so you know, just keeping that pace up because I think we're only like five episodes in, and we're one step closer to uh, to my waifu being introduced. Oh, that's like fifteen hours of gameplay an episode, man. It's like super fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really digging it. Like this is a very like concise way to experience the story. And if the, <laughs> uh, the only complaint I have is that like battle sequences are kind of weird. I think I'll do that instead of playing the game. I advise it i hate to say it but i, mean, I kind if you're of advise a fan it. of that kind of rpg you probably are just better off playing the game but if right. you're not then there you go yeah I, I like that they're at money. least they have the anime for this so there is another right um i've also watched black clover and last week i think we were in like a filler and then this week it's it i think it we're going places again i don't remember it's black clover yeah <laughs> And then, uh, last but not least, I watched Shokugeki no Soma. I'm two weeks behind now. Brandon, please. Just please. Didn't you have one more show, though, Brandon? Did I? Steins Gate. I haven't watched any more since we talked last. Same. That's why I didn't mention it. I just I, We need to circle back real quick to that comment about being a disappointment. Dream Drop Sora has actually got some commentary on Persona 5. Oh boy. Says the anime makes Ooh, me super boy. uneasy since I've played the game and tried to get friends into it, but battles in the anime don't translate the feelings of the game well. It's pretty annoying. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think if you're just wanting to experience the story, though, it's an easier way to go about it if you don't have, you know, 120 hours. Or money. I mean, if you, I mean, it's on Verve. So, like, I started paying a subscription for that, and that's a yeah. lot. If I could pay for six months of Verve or pay for a single game when you're on a limited budget, you know, it's... Well, and this is the wrong. kind of game that definitely has to be up your alley. Like, yeah. If you're not into JRPGs, then this is well, not for if, you. If you don't like the combat, it's going to get really old really fast. I enjoyed the combat, and it that's still really eventually got old. But I don't know. I still I feel like there is some value to the anime, but it is a very weird and different way to experience that story. I I still enjoy the story though, which is why I'm actually sitting down and watching the anime through. Mm-hmm. I I want to see how they how they went about adapting that into you know an anime this big from a game this big. <laughs> right. Right. Probably that's, by just like it's, touching on like key points and it's, it's getting the same reason I couldn't get the into the uh, Phoenix Wright anime because the way it handles investigations is really not good. Danganronpa like is the same problem. I can see where it's like anime adapted from games. Like there, it's hard to translate components of, or mechanics of a game to an anime. Sometimes ah. it just it won't make sense. It's almost like we've been trying to put video games 
into different mediums for years and it just hasn't panned out <laughs> that being said the phoenix wright film is one of my favorite video game adaptations of all time there you go no i think it can be done well I, I, a lot of the times um you know if if people here's the source material here's experiences you had here uh let's try to make that into a movie and then give yeah, it to a bunch yeah. of people who don't understand it you even have uh, movies then, like uh you know ratchet and clank which was completely animated and very like true to the source material but it was still a bad movie yeah i feel like you have to go to a medium that like going from like a full-on game to a movie just isn't going to work because you're cutting out this big of a story into something this big. That's why I'm yeah. so excited for the Mario movie. Because the story's all the same all the time! <laughs> well, there's so much room for them to play around with it. And right, right. Miyamoto would not be making a movie if he didn't feel like he should be. Like, there's a reason oh, yeah, he yeah. needs to make a movie, and that's why he's doing it. Yeah. Um, any other anime, Paul? Uh, I think that's it. We'll move on to games. Watch Shokugeki no Soma. Uh, Nintendo Snowplays says P. Shaw hasn't panned out. The Mario movie is clearly and objectively the greatest film of all time. <laughs> Already! <laughs> I do have a great, like, little place in my heart for the original Mario movie. Um, it's bad in a great way. Um... But I'll leave it at that. So uh, we'll get into the gaming segment. Before we really get into that, though, um, Dream Drop Sora, you reminded me that Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of got a little bit of a blowout over the last couple days. Um, there was a private, invitational-only event where people could go um, and play Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, just play the game. Um, apparently it looks beautiful. There, I saw some Toy Story stuff, some Wreck-It Ralph stuff. Um... And uh, Dream Drop Sora mentioned earlier that the game is now completely 100% voice acted. Oh, that's a lot of voice acting. In Kingdom Hearts games up till now, like you'd have those segments outside of cutscenes where characters would talk to each other just via text box, and right. they wouldn't be voiced. So now apparently that's all voiced. I'm really that's glad because cool. that, that always kind of bugged me with those games. I've also heard that the combat is better, which is which piques my interest because that's kind of the one area of Kingdom Hearts I'm not totally jiving with. Um, but don't worry, I'm gonna make my way through that series and I'm gonna play Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't feel like an upper PS2 game. It doesn't look like one. It looks nice. Well, yeah, but like, what happens if the mechanic? Feels oh yeah, from that you know? from that angle for sure. Right. Um. Nintendo Snowplays says that Bob Hoskins makes him feel creepily happy. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to games. Uh, I haven't played a ton this week. Well, that's kind of a lie. I played a lot this week, just in weird ways. Um, fasting, fast Racing RMX, I've been playing for the last couple days because I never finished like the last four or five cups of that game, so I've been going back and playing those, and it just reminds me of how incredibly good that game is. It's made by an indie studio. It's it takes a lot from F Zero, and it's just really solid. It's beautiful. Runs really well. The mechanics are incredibly like fine tuned. The racing is super awesome. The thing that really got me back into it though is when I launched the game, I realized I was playing it in surround sound for the first time, and that is an audio Ooh. experience to be had. <laughs> you were gonna say. Paul? I think I'm gonna have to go and play that. 
Interesting idea, but what if mm-hmm. we gave that studio F Zero and just see what they do? Remember the original game? It's Fast Racing Nero. You take out the AST and Fast, the racing part, and uh, the N and Neo, and you got, you know, you got F Zero. <laughs> it's Not already a there. Not a <laughs> if Nintendo's just gonna sit on that IP, you know, just put it in the hands of someone competent, someone that has proven uh-huh. they can make a solid racing game. That you know, very interesting. Like the, the catch of that series, that whole franchise is just—I like it. Logan, do you Having have a switch? And then, do you have fast racing RMX, Logan? I'm gonna let you answer that. I'm gonna take that as a no. I'm taking that as a maybe. Paul, you I have do it, not right? have. Yeah. RMX. Um, I bought fast racing Neo on Wii U. Absolutely adored it. So I was very quick to purchase it on Switch when it came out because there was a lot of new content on top of that. Um, so it was a great deal. Logan, are you into like the F Zero games, or is that not something you've ever really done? I'm pretty sure every week he's been like, "Make F Zero." I like, I like the F Zero game. Okay. I. I was gonna say, if you love F Zero, you really should own this game. And I've I've played Fast RMX, and I'm I probably would be into it if I played enough. But there's a little bit of a learning curve. Uh, and it's it's hard to enjoy a game when you just really suck at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I'm playing the easiest difficulty, oh, like and Smash I'm still Bros. coming in third and fourth place in like every race. Right, right. So, um, but I'm learning. I I love the visuals though. I the fast racing, like that's the best. They make you feel part. like you're going fast. Like there's some right, really so cool like camera visuals. Yeah. Um, really quick, I, I want to touch on the chat. I have played Oxen Free. I'm not very far in it, um, but I think it's pretty cool to have on Switch. And it was cheap, but I'm enjoying it, it so was, far. We got it on sale for like five bucks. Yeah. Also, Rip Bob Hoskins, who is dead. Um, <laughs> he is dead. Dream Drop Sora says, who's Bob Hoskins? And my heart sank a little bit. Um, he played He played Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie. He was also in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time, by the way. Uh, moving on from Fast Racing RMX, Logan, you and I played some Super Monkey Ball 2 through some means that we will not uh. discuss on this show. Um, I've never played Super Monkey Ball 2 before. I've played, like, the original Super Monkey Ball, and I've played some of the arcade games. This game's great. I missed out. Yeah! I really yeah, missed out. It's a, there's a lot of good stuff. So, I mean, obviously, it's funny, because, like, the first game, it's like, here's a handful of things you can do. It's a single-player game. Uh, and then they just go, like, full party mode on the second entry in the series. They, like, was, have, like... That Glide like, Mini game we were playing was really impressive to me. I was like, this is incredibly well-designed for just a tacked-on mini game. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing. It didn't feel tacked-on. They felt very well thought out. There's, yeah. like, just some classic billiards... Uh, there's bowling, there's baseball, uh, there's just a whole, yeah, the gliding one, it's called Target. Target's a lot of fun. Uh, and there's, like, you start off with, like, five of them. I think maybe there's 12 of them, uh, like half of you. Start out with half, you know. Um, and then as you progress, uh, you unlock more. Um, so, yeah, I just, I have so many fond memories of this game growing up, just having a fantastic time playing multiplayer because the multiplayer is just, it's really gratifying. 
you know and even if you're like challenging to challenge each other in challenge mode uh you know to the core to the core kind of like game mode right uh you mm. can't do co-op but you can do the challenge mode which is just as good it's just as good and yeah. i don't think that's always the same i i can't say the same for a lot of games but um it's just a really solid uh concept for a game and then having all those party modes make for a it's a very very fun it's a very a fun. fun but fleshed out experience and that I think that was the most surprising thing to me. Um, so I def- I'm going to go back and play more Monkey Ball because I was like, I was really, really into that. Um, uh, moving away from Super Monkey Ball 2, uh, if you see this little guy above my head in my webcam, you will, if you don't know what that is, that is one of the base stations for the HTC Vive virtual reality headset. Um, I've had this for oh, well over a year now. Um, and. Over last weekend, I spent some time playing some GameCube games in VR. Um, I, I played a handful. One of them was F-Zero GX. And the, one of the camera modes in that game like puts you right in front of your, your F-Zero machine. Not in the cockpit, but like right on the nose of the vehicle. So hmm. I set it to that and then played it in VR and basically had a first-person F-Zero GX experience. And it was incredible. <laughs> The the sense of speed was amazing, um, and I could play the game, and I felt like my VR headset was actually adding to my experience, and uh, not a lot of games in VR so far have really, really felt like that for me. Especially games that weren't built for it. Yeah. The so. fact that this game wasn't made for VR, but it works so incredibly well in VR um, is astounding to me. Um, I played some other games, did Animal Crossing City Folk, and just played around, like, with the perspective. Because, you know, that that game world is built on a cylinder. So I'd, like, turn my head to the side and see the cylindrical world and watch things pop in in, in and out of uh, render, um, the culling. (laughs) Um, It was neat. You can change your positioning in VR um, in the GameCube games, so I could, like, change the scale, essentially, to uh, make the Animal Crossing characters the same size as me, um, so I was I was hanging out behind my villager, like the same size as him. We were walking around town. It was super cool. Uh, it really didn't add a thing to Animal Crossing at all. It was just kind of neat to be on on their level. Um, mm. The opening I had to play the opening opening segment where you're on the bus with Rover. So I was just sitting across from Rover on the bus, and he was huge. <laughs> It was terrifying how big he was. <laughs> uh, my buddy, our buddy Josiah, was was there with me, manning manning the computer and adjusting things like for scale. So he he made sure me and me and Rover were on were on the same page. You know, you know, he's he's not too much bigger than me. I was a little scared. Um, did some Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. That game is really pretty in VR. Um, everything looks like a diorama. Like, the default settings are just above everything, and, and Mario is, like, this big. Um, you can kind of see the whole area. Super cute. Really loved that. I would, like, lean in and get close to him. Um, we, we did Whisper some... sweet nothings in his ear. We did some battles, and, like, we changed the positioning a little bit so I'd be in the audience. Because, um, you know, those battles take place on a stage, and there's chairs and audience members who watch the battles. Um, so I kind of got to watch it from the theater, which was kind of cool and kind of surreal. Like, if we ever get a VR <laughs> Paper Mario game, I kind of want it to be like that. Um, <laughs> by and large, like, the best experience I had, and this is something I've had before that you and I tried, Logan, um, was Metroid Prime. 
in VR. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which did a- not work very well on, on my part when we did it that time. Uh, Josiah and I found some workarounds. So we found an AR code, an action replay code, to turn off the culling so that the game would not cull the the world in the directions you know that we weren't looking. So, like, in the main game, if I'm looking straight ahead, it will take things out of the left and right perspective that I can't see so that the game can load easier and render um, at a faster frame rate um, and all that jazz. But uh, with the power of my computer, it could pretty much handle it, you know, at whatever whatever amount it needed to be. So we turned off the culling completely and got the world to render in its entirety while we were playing. Um, and the thing about Metroid Prime is... For whatever reason, I don't even know, like, why it works this way. The visor, you know, it has, like, the uh, the arm cannons and all the little features and, like, the radar you can see. It was moving with my head, which, oh. if you ask me, is not something that should intrinsically work with VR. In my mind, when I move my head, the HUD stays here because that is where it is programmed to be. But for whatever reason, it follows my head. So I'm inside Samus's helmet, and that is an experience that I cannot even begin to describe. So you know what it's like to be Iron Man. Pretty much. That's what it felt like. Um, and having the whole world render around me, it was incredible. I was playing with uh, my GameCube controller, and for, for whatever reason, I could run at like full speed in that game, and nothing made me motion sick. I don't understand why. Um, It could have been that disconnect between me, the visor, and the world beyond the visor. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm in a robot. The robot is moving, not me. Right. I think it works well because that's that's how Samus kind of moves in the game. It's assistance from the suit, right? Yeah. So the game feels pretty floaty no matter what. Um, and like, you know, say you do a double jump cause I've been playing a lot of Metroid prime lately. Uh, you do a double jump and then you get that, you know, like mm-hmm. you're not moving yourself, but there's like something on your back that's, you know, moving you along. Right. So yeah, it, it, it could feel very mechanical in that way. And I, that's maybe why it works. So on top of that, you know, everything's positioned perfectly. My arm cannon is right where in my mind, my arm would be, um, but here's where the craziness happens. We turned on, like, everything. So, like, we had everything unlocked, all of the arm cannon fire types, the uh, missiles, um, the different visors. Um, mm-hmm. We tried out the thermal visor and the x-ray visor, and it just... I, I don't know how to describe it. It was surreal. Like, I felt like... I had the power to like look through things just by the sheer fact that this is 3D and I could turn it on and off like that. Um, right. And on top of that, you know, like there's like the little like HUD elements, um, the targeting elements in the visor that would like snap onto things when you look at things. Right. Those are stacked on top of each other in 3D. It's not a 2D flat render, it is a three dimensional render. So I could peer through the different like circle targeting things and it made it feel even more real than it would have otherwise right Um, so just like the stars align for this game in vr for whatever (laughs) reason like like retro studios was like someone's gonna play this in vr someday so let's uh let's do a little couple programming things to make sure it all works when when we get there um (laughs) i enjoyed myself so much i might actually go go back and play the entire trilogy this way 
it's, that would be pretty it's cool. that good. Um, so that was my experience in VR with GameCube games. Well then. <laughs> Logan, you talked about Metroid Prime, so let's just kind of plunge into your, your stuff. Yeah, so I'm I'm chugging through Metroid Prime. Um, I think I'm just about at the point where I'm the farthest I've ever been. So I've been to the phase on mines. Oh, that's pretty um, late game. So yeah, yeah, I'm 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 getting I'm getting there. Uh, I have the grappling uh, grapple beam now. Uh, I have just about all the bells and whistles. You know, I think I might be missing like one visor. Though at the same time, I think I have. A- because there's the scan visor. You can start out with two visors. Yeah, I have all the visors. I have all the beams. Um, You're at the end of the game, buddy. I have the wave buster. <laughs> I have the super missile. I there Are there upgrades for the plasma beam and the ice beam? Um, I can't remember for the ice beam, but there definitely is one for the plasma beam, and I think they're both optional. Yeah, no, I definitely knew they were optional. I think the only thing that's optional is the super missile. Yeah, you need you the super need missile. That. Yeah, I uh, got the power bomb. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting wow. pretty close. I, I didn't could, know you were that far. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not a very long game, and I knew, uh, probably even less at this point. If I'm as far as I am, I'm like probably under eight um, right now, and like. But the the thing why it's going so quickly is because I've played most of this game before. I still remember a ton, you know. Mm. So I it's I'm not unfamiliar with Metro. It's just I haven't finished all of the games. Does this game not have one of the best game soundtracks I ever? Dude, it's so I I get oh my god. Let's let's be clear. I'm a pretty anxious person as it's, but. For some things, you get used to them. I don't get used to this. Every time that like music comes on, Space Pirates, I'm just like, oh, no, this isn't happening right now. But I mean, I'm so I'm so efficient, and I know how the game functions well um, that if you watch me play, it looks like second nature, you know? Just mm-hmm. constantly tapping L and shooting with A and just like, cleaning up the screen you know it's like it's so the game functions so well you know uh we might have mentioned this last week just it plays to the limitations you know it it's mindful of what it's being played on Hmm. um so i'm excited to finish that game i'm i'm man i'm so excited to finish that game because nintendo snow Really quick, Nintendo Plays makes a good point. Um, on the subject of VR, you know, the GameCube originally had been experimented with 3D, and that could account for why Metroid Prime works so well. Ah, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so outside of Metroid Prime, I've also been digging into some older games, right? Uh, I was playing Majora's Math earlier, uh, and I just finished the great bay temple okay so uh, you got one more to go yeah so i am i am at the end of both these games and i'm like 
I need to finish this. I need to at least put time. I've used the guide a lot because that game is so convoluted. Have you been doing any side quests? I have been doing side quests. I have been doing side quests. But I can't do them for too, too long because I need to progress, you know? Is, there's, a so pretty, there's a pretty good one that you might just want to think about doing that's in the, uh, the Goran place that you might want just do that one. <laughs> okay. Well, I was, I, you know, just finished up the temples. More side questing, kind of just because side questing is more casual, right? So, like, you just you focus on one thing at a time. You're, you go get the thing, you go return it, and then you just restart the cycle, and right. then you go to the next one, and then you just keep doing that rinse and repeat. Um, I think what kept me from this game for so long was the time mechanic. It was intimidating. Uh, but once you be, gain. Yeah. Uh, especially at the beginning of the game. You're, but once you gain certain tools uh, to slow time down, it, it becomes a much more relaxed experience. Um, and and once you know what you're keeping and what you're losing, uh, that's pretty key. Yeah, the, in, the like, game doesn't really like explicitly tell you that at the beginning. You, just kinda, yeah. you kind of figure it out. Yeah, so uh, obviously, like, that um, shapes decisions I make. So it's like, oh, do I continue on? Um, do I have enough time to do, like, the rest of this temple with the rest of the time? Or do I just cut my losses, come back at the beginning of the first day, and do it from there, you know? It's usually the safest bet. So you restart, uh, you do the inverted so long of time to slow down time and then you go right to where you need to be and you have to do the temple you know and it slows kind down of, time by a significant margin oh at least three or four times yeah yeah um, um yeah i that's one criticism of the game i think i could make is that maybe it should um telegraph what types of items you keep when you go back in time because um, if you and have it, certain like, key items in a dungeon, you can go back and basically start where you were. Yeah, it's funny. So, like, you won't keep, like, small keys or boss keys. But if, like, for example, I picked up uh, in this temple the ice arrow, right? And then when I, I I'd finished most of the temple and then I was like, I don't have time to beat the last final boss. So I'm just going to have to do it all over. Yeah, right. And so I did, and then I got the small key, and then I did the whole room with the ice arrow again, even though I had the ice arrow, and I'm like, I don't even have to do that. It does <laughs> offer some ways to, like, skip rooms um, to avoid that. Yeah, these these dungeons seem really open. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So I don't know if I, I guess I'll probably have more to say once I finish the game. I'm definitely Which... curious about how you'll react to the last temple because it might be one of the best in the this series history. Okay, okay. I've been trying. I try my best not to look at the guide, but some freaking I'll look at the guide. I don't. I'll, I'll forgive you for Great Bay because Great Bay Temple is confusing. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. The other ones I didn't have to. The other ones, but then I got in this one. I was like, oh. um, okay, moving on. Uh, there's a few other games I played. 
this week that we did not already mention that um, we played together. Uh, one of those games is playing Arkham Knight. Uh, I have finished Arkham Asylum. I have not beaten Arkham City, but I have Arkham Knight, and I started playing Arkham Knight uh, because I had started playing it before. And let me tell you, the Batmobile is so smooth. Like they put a lot of time into that. Yeah. So obviously, like I, I love the idea of having a car, right? But I'm really picking about picky about driving mechanics and what's the purpose of the mechanic, right? Uh, and so for, like, racing games, those have a little bit more liberty because they can be a stylized because you're actually playing the racing, right? Uh, whereas initially when they reveal, oh, here's the Batmobile for Arkham Knight, I was like, are they going to screw this up? But it's... It's how you'd expect the Batmobile to be. High tech. You're always in control. You know, it's the freaking like fanciest, coolest supercar in the world. And and, right? and just because you're in Gotham City, like your first thought was that, oh, this is going to be clunky. Just like driving around the city. The city is like destructible so that you can just drive through stuff. Nothing like hinders yeah. you. Nothing stops you. And then like making turns is 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 no problem. And then how seamless it is to go between like the the car mode and the, the tank mode. Like it just feels so good. All of a sudden, like I'm driving at full speed, and all of a sudden, like I see a bunch of dudes in front of me, and then I just pop into tank mode and just start, you know, like blowing off shots. And it's just it feels so good. It's so satisfying. And the myriad of ways they use it thematically and and um, situationally, like, you know, uh, you have to go onto this, like, island, right? And you drive your Batmobile over there, and then you're trying to get your Batmobile to certain places so it can either power things. Um, and then also, like, oh, here's a guy, and I got to rescue him, so I'm going to put him in the back of my Batmobile, you know, and then just bring him back to safety and so the the ways they use it and how it's integrated into the gameplay it just it why wasn't it there the whole time you know each each time they kind of added you know more to the game so arkham asylum is a very short experience right very small experience it's like here's like a few different sections with a few things to do uh it's still batman it's still great but it's just the asylum. I and nearly 100 percented that game. That's how much fun I was having. No, I did too. I, I think the only reason I didn't 100 at the time, and it was running very poorly. Uh, but now that I have a much better computer, like I don't have that issue. I'm not sure I'll go back and finish it because it's just like little little things. I think I got like 87 percent completion in that game. So I'm talking about Arkham um, Knight. Oh, well, I was talking about <laughs> Arkham Asylum. But yeah, I mean, all the games are a lot of fun. Uh, but they keep, like, adding stuff. Like, so, like, Arkham City, they they just upped everything. They made everything bigger. They made traversal a little bit smoother and gave you more options for traversal um, because there was more ways to move around. And then they just did the same thing with Arkham Knight. 
You know, it's like, okay, here's the whole of Gotham this time. It's like, okay, we've unlocked it, right? So we had to gain people's trust with a little bit, and now you get a lot. And I'm 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 really enjoying my Arkham time. Arkham Knight has the it. best story of the three by well, a large margin. That's good. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about is another older game that came out in 2010. Ooh, old. Uh, Fallout New Vegas. Uh, I really, really, really... And I've never beaten it. Uh, I've never had a consistent way to play it. And now that I do, there's no stopping me. So I imagine there will be maybe one or two sessions this week where I'll just spend a good amount of time in New Vegas. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's all I really have to say about it. I'll let you know how can, my adventures go when I'm living in the wasteland. Can we get a Fallout game on Switch? Like a can remake? We, I, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take... Here's the minimum I'll take. I'll take a remaster of uh, New Vegas and Fallout 3 in the same package. <laughs> I've never I'd played one of them, so I would probably just buy whatever they put on there. Right. Both both are great games. Both are great games. Mm-hmm. Um, New Vegas uh, leans heavier into the role-playing. Um, much, much heavier into the role-playing. And the, and the role-playing on, like, a, a global scale, you know? Uh, so making friends or pissing off, like, different factions and... Um, Whereas, like, I think three just has like a karma system where it's like you did a good thing, you did a bad thing. Whereas New Vegas, that person, those people over there, because you helped these people, they hate you. <laughs> they hate you, and you didn't have to talk to them at all. And sometimes you'll double play people, like you'll turn people in. They'll like trust you to do something, and then you'll be like. I have several options of what I could do with this. I could choose to do nothing and just kill everybody. Um, or I could turn this information over to this other faction, screw these guys over. Or, you know, and so you can just play both sides. You can be the good guy. You can be the bad guy. Like, you can do, you can do whatever you like. I'm just kind of going with the flow. Whatever feels right. That's how you're supposed to do it. Right on. All right, Paul, what do you got? So I've had the opportunity to sit down and play some some classic GameCube games. Um, one such game that we all experienced together was Double Dash. Mm, Double Dash. I love me some Double Dash. I didn't play Double Dash. Wait. Yes, yeah, I did. You did. Yeah, you did. We played Battle Mode. <laughs> Two against one, you were there. Bob on <laughs> Blast, one of the best battle modes they've ever done. The best battle mode stage, though, the GameCube. The GameCube. Too small. Just... just that's, it's that's what makes it so great, man. Luigi's Mansion is my personal favorite, but I do like the GameCube a lot. <laughs> the freaking GameCube. I love how they kept like that going with like on the Mario Kart DS, you'd battle on the DS. And you could drive like to both screens and there was like a ramp leading up to the top one. I think that's like the pinnacle of great stage design. <laughs> I want to play on a Nintendo Switch where the Joy-Cons will detach periodically. <laughs> You, know, and you have two switches like, and the Joy-Cons detach and like change which switch no, they're guys, on. It's got it all wrong. It'll be like this bedroom and then it'll have a switch in the center that you can drive on. And, and the then switch is playing be like, Smash Bros. Well, no, there'll be different like car 
purges it just lying around like it's on the floor of a messy bedroom or something i'd be okay with that too um i took some op- or took a little bit of time to sit down and play through one of my favorite mario games sunshine did you finish it i didn't finish it i, I okay. only got a handful of shine sprites because i didn't have a whole lot of time but right it just felt so great to be playing that game again they right. they really need an hd remaster that on switch that's kind of what's keeping me from playing it a lot is the anticipation that this will happen someday and I want it to be as fresh for me as possible. I hope that when they do at least they'll up to, there, there are things that need to change. Oh yeah, that pachinko level either needs to get cut or I need to fix it. <laughs> there's there's a handful of different places like that that just That is some of the worst game programming do ever. <laughs> Wait, so what is this? The pachinko stage. Where you're Mario in a giant pachinko machine, you launch yourself into the machine, and there's different like pockets you can land in that have eight red coins. Um, if you miss any single one of those pockets, you die. And you have to succeed in this eight times in a row, but it's so poorly programmed that you can't control Mario well enough to even accomplish it competently. And you have to do it in one go. With hacks, I couldn't beat it. <laughs> Yeah, I so mean, if you I'm die, not going to start over. Is what you're saying. I'm never going to say that Sunshine's the best 3D Mario game, but <laughs> it has it holds a very special place. In it was like one of the first GameCube games I got. But Logan, play that Pachinko that, level and then come and talk to me and see what you think. <laughs> okay. I'll speaking of early GameCube games that I owned. I, I sat down to play the game that convinced me I needed a GameCube in the first place, which is Fantasy Star Online. Can we get a little uh, insight into that story? Because I'm not sure I even know it that well. So, my neighbor, he had a GameCube. He had a copy of Fantasy Star Online. And I didn't hang out with him very often, but one miraculous evening, I went over to his house, and we he sat me down, and we started playing this game. You know, and it was... I think one of the first games I ever had, like that had a character creator. So I got to make, you know, my own avatar to engage in this really interesting, like fantasy world. And, you know, my, my character had a beam sword. And so this was obviously like the coolest game ever made at, to like probably eight year old me, nine year old (laughs) me. I don't know. But I had so much fun playing through this game at my neighbor's house that I, I I just had to get a GameCube. I had to get a copy of this game, and I had to be able to play this you know, at home. I needed to have this experience outside of just hanging out with my neighbor. And so it prompted me really fast to bug my parents until I got a GameCube. <laughs> um, I didn't even... I never got a chance to play the game online. You had to get a modem adapter for the GameCube, and I think there might have been like a service fee in order to actually play online. But with offline, you had four, up to four players could split screen through the or through the uh, the game world, and it it's a very interesting dynamic because my neighbor was always like a higher level than me, and so he could easily clear out some of the early stages of all the enemies that would show up. What I'd have to do in order to catch up, if I wanted to get experience, I had to run in, I had to hit every enemy, and then I had to let him run through and tank everything. That's the only way you get experience points. So you have to have so, at least hit something. 
Yeah, you can't just like let the other person just carry you through. And certain, there's a lot, I think, like, three different character classes, and then there's some variation between that. There's, like, humans and androids that you can choose. And they all have different abilities. So, like, my character, I can use certain weapons, and I can use... Because I'm a human, I can use magic. If I was an android, I could see traps, but I couldn't use magic, and I could probably use a couple more weapons that I couldn't as a human. And so, one of the aspects of this game... Granted, I'm not going to be able to like play split screen with anyone. I'm still saving certain weapons that I can't use because, hey, if I by some miracle I do have someone I can play this with, I can hook them up with this really sick weapon that I found. Right. And like, yeah, you know, I'm saving all the money that I can. You know, if we started playing, you know, today, I could drop, you know, a thousand set on the ground, and you guys could just pick it up and you know be set from the get go. There's really great social dynamic to this game. And granted, looking back at it now, it's a product of the era. You know, certain things about it don't necessarily hold up as well, or I'd like to see them updated, you know. And they did update it, and they're not bringing it to the West. And it breaks my heart even more now. Well, the one that's out in Japan right now is a completely new game. I'm sure it takes a lot from the, you know, the episode one and two and just kind of updates it, modernizes it. I'm sure a lot of that, the core elements to this franchise are still there. I've and played I a little see bit that. of this, of the new one. And it, I, it was pretty much the, the old games, except the combos were a little more cool to watch. What? No. Gotcha. I'd like to see them add like maybe a dodge mechanic or some kind of shield mechanic. I'd want to say the combat was like evolved enough to have that in there. I only played through the yeah. tutorial because I couldn't read any of the Japanese. That's fair. I mean, just playing through like this game, even though it's not as pristine as it could be, there's so much potential there, and I'm still I'm having a blast playing through this again. And so it really like it breaks my heart more. It breaks my heart all over again that the or Fantasy Star Online Two didn't make it here. But it makes me ever hopeful for three. This defined multiplayer gaming for me when I was, you know, a very young child. Does and the... so I've never gotten another experience that was quite on that level. Can you can you just download the Japanese client through a Japanese eShop account and then just play the game? Without understanding it. <laughs> I'm uh it might be worth a try. I found an article on and the I got game on... is uh, Dream Drop Sora is pointing out that the game is streamed to your Switch and does not run on it. Yeah, that's such a weird concept. You could basically run kind of any game ever through that. What were you saying, Logan? Oh, I I found a an article that was posted. Uh, earlier last year april 14 2017 and it's a pc gamer article fantasy star online will never die how the nicest fans in gaming keep a 16 year old mmo alive um and it's just it's talking about these people who are like super super into fantasy star online uh and and how they like kind of just 
keep it going. It sounds like, you know, people host their, their own servers for, um, an emulator for the PC version. And apparently people still find ways to play this game online. You know, there's ways it's just Mm -hmm. not very convenient. I wish that they would have an official way. At least over in the West, you know, Japan, they got themselves covered. Right, right. Lucky. Are you talking the original game? Like the original Fantasy Star Online? Uh, I One think Fantasy Star Online 2. Uh, oh, well, this one just says the 2 3 PC version of Fantasy Star Online. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to really, really look to it. I'm just kind of grazing here. Because but... the, the one that's in Japan right now is only like three or four years old. Right. It came out in like 2012 yeah. or some stuff like that. I remember because Josiah was very much into it when it came out. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a really great franchise. Like I said, yeah. for me, it, it defined multiplayer and what it could and should be. And right. now we play Monster Hunter. I'd, I'd still would take that over Monster Hunter if I have to be honest. <laughs> I would never take it over Monster Hunter, but I was bred a Monster Hunter I haven't Hunter played it, so... Well, I have played it, just oh my God. not to the same extent. Fight, 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 fight. I think Monster Hunter is a better game. Sorry. Well, we're all entitled to be wrong every now and again. Just Ooh. like you. We got yep. some salt like going on. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion. So we're is everybody so. else. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um... <laughs> Quickly to mention Dream Drop Sora, I have not played Nier Automata. I intend on playing that soon. That is just on a list of things that I'm waiting to drop in price. I think it's like 30 bucks right now. New. It is getting spicy in here. That's why yep. Paul and I are on, um, we're not in the same, like, space on the screen. Like, Because <laughs> there would be... Thrown. We're going to scrap. <laughs> Um, that, that's a very special episode that'll come up in in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Breakdown Podcast. I want to thank you guys for watching. Um, as you may have found out during the course of the show, we are on your favorite podcast sources. These episodes go on those sources on Monday. So if you miss the live broadcast on Friday and can't watch it on YouTube after it goes live, you can watch or listen to it Excuse me, on the podcast sources after that. You can also go to our website and listen to it there if you want to be an even cooler fan. Um, make sure to rate us on those because I don't think we have any <laughs> outside of maybe ourselves. But uh, that's Eddie. neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> we got some special stuff coming up here next month. Uh, we're going to be hitting that E3 stuff hard. We're basically going to stream the entire event front to back. Um, every press conference and uh, we'll be streaming Nintendo stuff. Uh, I don't know how, like, how deep we'll get into Nintendo Treehouse Live. We'll probably stick around like for a lot of the Smash stuff. It really just depends on the game lineup. Um, we'll be streaming the Splatoon 2 Finals. Um, and then go directly into streaming the Super Smash Brothers Invitational Tournament. Um, we're going to be having a lot of fun and probably be really tired. And my wife's probably going to have to go like get me food and bring me water because I'll be here in the in the command chair like all day. <laughs> well, I'm just going to starve and die. So look forward to that. <laughs> I'll teleport you some food, Paul. Cool. Um, so yeah, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to E3 as much as we'd love to. It's just uh, it's a little little expensive right now. Um, we're hoping to go next year. Um, I think that's definitely something we all hope for. I have friends 
who live in LA and California who are going to E3, and they they both work in games. One of them is an audio engineer for Dice, and I think he's involved with Battlefield Five. Um, so that's cool because that's getting revealed here pretty shortly. Um, and the other one works on uh, mobile games. So hmm. I know some interesting people. There's also there's also some exciting things to look forward to after this, right? Uh, Splatoon. Splatoon. Oh. Are we still doing that? I, I was we planning on it. Uh, so I guess if you if you want to stick around, right after the show's over, we're going to stream the Splatoon 2 Splatfest. Um, I actually think that starts in half an hour, so we, yes. we'll be back in half an hour when that's ready to go. Um, <laughs> Team Donnie. Ciao. Uh, is it Team Donnie versus Leo or Raph? I don't remember who won the first one. I think it was. Yeah. Team Donnie versus Raph versus Donnie. Yup, 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 yup. Cool, cool. So stick around for that. Um, like, comment, subscribe, do all that uh, fun stuff. Um, <laughs> where can they find us, Brandon? You can find us in all of the places that are on the screen if you're watching the video version, such as on Twitter at BabbitBabs or at LoggyDoves or at Gunnysaurus or at Breakroom Arcade. You can find us at Breakroom Arcade on pretty much every social media you can think of. Um and join our discord server there's a link to it in the description if you want to hang out with us talk to us directly definitely do that we're pretty much in there all the time um and we'd like to see those numbers grow as well as our patreon if you want to support us if you like what we do here check out the patreon page there's a link to that in the description there are some discord and three there's some discord (laughs) and podcast rewards in there as well as the ability to get us to e3 um if we hit those goals so Thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with the Breakdown Podcast episode 15, hopefully with some Pokemon news. Oh, boy. So we'll see you guys there. Don't break your backs. Break in the games. But for now, break time's over.